This, this is the Second Second Story Podcast. Welcome back to the Second Story Podcast. I'm Max Spitz. I had my first onstage kiss in college. Initially, it was a very nerve-wracking prospect. In this show, I had two separate intense makeout scenes with two different actresses, both of whom were in relationships with other people in real life. Now, luckily, I was already good friends with them before we even started rehearsing, and that actually made it easier for us to laugh off any awkwardness and jump into the scene work. In this week's story, teller Jane DeLobbenfeld recalls a first moment of onstage intimacy of her own and how she grappled with the vulnerability it asked of her. Recorded live at Webster's Wine Bar in May 2013, Second Story is proud to present Topless. It's July of last summer, and I'm in New York City with my best friend, Teresa. We're at the Neue Gallery, a museum of Austrian and German art. I'm in the museum bookstore looking through a book of nude drawings. Teresa asks if I'm going to buy the book. Normally, I wouldn't. But something has shifted in me the last few months. Let's go back to March. It's a cold, rainy spring day in Chicago. I'm sitting in my car on Kenmore Avenue in Edgewater. In 15 minutes, I'm due at a dress rehearsal for the play I'm in, Man from Nebraska. At the moment, I have serious doubts about whether I will find the courage to follow through with what is expected of me. Today is the first day I will do a portion of a scene topless, nothing on from the waist up. I've known this day was coming for a long time. I knew when I auditioned for this play five months ago that it required nudity. When I was offered the role, I almost said no. I wasn't sure when it came down to it that I could actually do it. I'm a modest person when it comes to my body. Cleavage makes me uneasy. I've been acting for 30 years, and I've never been asked to bare my breasts. I guess I assumed at this point that it wasn't ever going to be an issue. <laughs> I didn't come to the decision easily, but in the end, I didn't want to pass up the chance to work on this play with this group of people, so I said yes trusting I would find the courage to go topless when the time came. This is a beautiful play about a middle-aged man who lives in Nebraska and is going through a crisis of faith. He leaves his wife and job and heads to London to find himself. On the plane ride over, he meets my character, a divorced woman who loves sex, rough sex and is convinced this inexperienced and naive man will be better off after a night in the sack with her. <laughs> the sex scene isn't some romantically lit, gentle scene where things are only suggested. In addition to some sexually graphic language, we make out pretty heavily, I throw him on the bed and straddle him, take off my shirt and my bra, wrap a leather strap around my breasts, and grasping the strap with my hands over my head, I ask him to pinch my nipples. <laughs> 
back when I was first cast in this play, I did some serious assessing in front of my full-length mirror. <laughs> I have a nicely defined waist, no back fat. Not bad for a 45-year-old with two kids. Now, the negatives. My stomach isn't as toned as I would like. If I'm standing straight and holding my breath, it's fine. But if I'm bending or slouching at all, there is definitely flab. My breasts look smaller in the mirror than I thought they were. And I have these wiry black hairs around my nipples. I lift up my arms. No matter how often I shave, I can never get all the stubble. These things matter because the theater is the size of a shoebox. The audience will literally be a few feet away from me. The nipple hairs I can pluck. My friend, my friend who owns a spa says, underarm waxing is the only way to get all that hair, but first I have to grow it out. So for the next three months, I grow it out, which fascinates and disgusts me at the same time. My husband, Jamie, is supportive through the entire process. If he's uncomfortable about me being topless or kissing someone else, he never shows it. Anytime I express doubts or anxiety about the nudity, he eases my fears. Just concentrate on what your character wants in this scene and you'll be fine. And he never misses a chance to compliment my appearance. Oh, yeah. You are looking good, my love. You are definitely ready for the topless scene. Without Jamie's unwavering encouragement, this truly would have been a much different experience. The scene has been a blast to rehearse. My scene partner, Chuck, is kind and easygoing and a terrific actor. Once we got past the awkwardness of kissing and groping each other, we've been having a ball. The director wants to wait until dress rehearsal for the nudity, so I haven't had to worry about that. Just lots of kissing and talking dirty and having fun. So, here I am in my car on this gloomy day. Everything is in place for the nudity. Ideal scene partner, wiry black nipple hairs plucked, underarms waxed, black slacks that hit me in just the right spot around my waist, and a bra that hooks in front so I can get in and out of it easily. The plan today is for me to go over this scene with Shauna, our stage manager, first. It will be a closed rehearsal, just Shauna and me until I feel comfortable. The past few days, I've been doing the scene in my bra, hoping that would make the transition to bare breasts a little easier. But now, the thought of taking off my bra is terrifying. When I get inside, everyone is acting perfectly normal. <laughs> Drinking coffee and eating donuts. It's just another dress rehearsal to them. Shauna is bustling around. Hi, Jane, I'll meet you on stage in five minutes. Five minutes later, I'm on stage in my costume. Shauna doesn't get on the bed with me and make out, but she stays close and reads Chuck's lines. The first time I take off my bra, the theater feels huge and bright and cold. 
It isn't the warm, intimate space I've grown to love. Shauna offers suggestions about getting the bra off and on gracefully and maneuvering the leather straps so that my nipples are exposed and my arms are in a V over my head. We do that part of the scene so many times my arms ache. Just when I'm starting to feel less weird about my bare breasts flopping around, Shauna says, okay, should we do the scene with Chuck? Damn it. I realize this is what I've been most afraid of, a man other than my husband seeing my breasts up close. I felt okay in my bra. It's the nipples, I guess. That's really what the issue is. The first time Chuck and I do the scene, I bungle the leather straps and my breasts are hanging out in a weird way and my arms are tangled and I'm completely flustered. And then I can't get the bra back on. The straps are twisted and my hands are shaking and I can't hook it. Chuck and Shauna are patient and professional about everything. Chuck's character is embarrassed by the nudity, so he tries not to look at my breasts. His reactions are hilarious and lovely. The show is a hit. People love it and we are selling out. I look forward to it every night. I love the play, the cast, the role. It's what being in a play is at its very best. I heard the word liberating a lot throughout this process. People told me the nudity would be liberating and that there would come a point where I wouldn't think twice about it. But every time I unhook my bra, I feel a lurch in my stomach and just for a moment I think, Yes, I am. And I do it. That feeling never goes away. It gets easier, but it's never effortless. I mourned the end of this show in a profound way. I loved being part of a great work of art, and I loved the camaraderie backstage. I missed frolicking around on stage with Chuck and saying things like, I want you to fuck me. Pinch my nipples, baby. And I have to admit, it was gratifying to hear nice things about my body. Like when my wonderfully brazen friend Cheryl came to see the play and yelled across the lobby afterwards, your tits looked great! <laughs> also, I missed taking my bra off, not in an exhibitionist way but because every single time it made my stomach lurch, and I still did it. So, now it's July, and I'm at this museum in New York with Teresa. The book I'm considering buying is Gustav Klimt's Erotic Sketches. The current exhibit is Vienna, 1900, Style and Identity. It explores the redefinition of individual identity in the modern age. I'm bowled over by the drawings and paintings, especially by Gustav Klimt. I'm familiar with his work, but I'm seeing paintings and sketches that are a revelation to me. In one of the galleries, there is a series of his sketches of women masturbating. I can't stop looking at them. 
In the book, there are drawings of women and men making love, women with other women, and women masturbating. Most of them are in pencil or charcoal, some with colored crayons. They are gorgeous and explicit. I decide to buy the book. At home, I keep it in a drawer in my bedside table and get it out every couple of weeks. I see something new every time I look through it. The way a spine curves, position of a hand, a use of color I hadn't noticed before. I study the model's faces. They are shameless, filled with ecstasy and longing. I don't know how they felt about posing, what they gained or lost, if they had devoted husbands at home. But I'm grateful they did it. The redefinition of individual identity. I realize we get the opportunity to do this throughout our lives, to redefine ourselves by uncovering a part of our identity that has been dormant, or meeting the right people at the right time, or finding joy and courage in unexpected places. This story was curated by Julie Ganey and directed by Kim Morris. The Second Story podcast is produced by Max Spitz. Second Story is located in the traditional homelands of the Council of the Three Fires, the Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi Nations. Our programming is made possible by the Arts Work Fund, Walder Foundation, MacArthur Fund for Arts and Culture at the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation, Paul M. Angel Family Foundation, Gaylord and Dorothy Donnelly Foundation, Illinois Arts Council Agency, the Department of Cultural Affairs and Special Events, Innovation 80, the Lupo Family, Eric Rothstein and Gina Wamak, Athene Karras and Thomas Applegate, James Lupo, Jessica Wetmore, Hannah and George Stowe, and many generous individuals like you. I'm Max Spitz, and this, this is the Second, Second Story Podcast.